the Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia, episode number 30. Yes, finally, episode number 30 of Purple Mafia. Today is Tuesday, May the 5th, Cinco de Mayo, 2009. At least the last six or four minutes of it, actually, now as I look at the time, <laughs> as I'm getting this show in. After a late night at work, um, it is a pleasure to finally be back here on Purple Mafia, the big show, the big show of Paladino Live Productions. Of course, my three shows, you'll hear about them later in the ads that will be played on the show today. Um, man, it's been a long time, folks. It's been over a month, about five weeks, and of course, that is because of the lawn cleanup season. Again, I am very, very sorry that things had to go in that direction, but hey, I gotta make money. I gotta make money. That's the only way to survive is do two jobs in this day and age. And, uh, that's just, that's the way life goes. Of course, there has been a lot of stuff to talk about. Of course, all that free time, or not, I mean, more free time anyway, when I only had one job. Nothing was going on. No free agent news. Uh, the biggest free agent signing basically was Glenn Holt or, uh, uh, Carl Pema from the Denver Broncos. I mean, <laughs> okay. Uh, Glenn Holt, by the way, yeah, as I said, I think he'll make a nice kickoff returner for the Minnesota Vikings. As, uh, his numbers were pretty darn good with Cincinnati in that area. But, uh, sorry, uh, it's just, I'm sorry it's been so long, but now you know why. Uh, you probably knew why, as a lot of you out there have an idea that I uh, do a lawn service with my brother, and that can obviously set things back in the months of April and November because of the cleanups. Mowing is not a problem. All right, enough of my life, enough of my rambling. You want to hear about the Minnesota Vikings, as do I. Well, on today's show, episode number 30, a nice little milestone, by the way. And uh, we are going to talk about the draft, the NFL draft, Percy Harvin, uh, Lode Holt, and Asher Allen. I'm pretty excited about this Asher Allen guy. I actually like what I see about him. Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how he turns out with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, there's some highlights involving him with Percy Harvin, by the way. So um, I really wish I could have done a show about the draft before. <laughs> Before the draft, I tar- Percy Harvin late was a guy that I was targeting for this team. So it went my way, basically. I'm sure it went a lot of your way out there. A lot of people were cheering when Percy Harvin was selected. A lot of people were cheering when PA Paul Allen asked the crowd who the Vikings fans would prefer to be taken at that spot. And, uh, yeah, the place went pretty loud for Percy Harvin. 
All right, well, before we go to break, Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show, even though there was a long time in between (laughs) the previous two shows. uh, Things will be a bit easier now, of course, as news breaks. um, Things will get I'll be able to get these shows up much more promptly, and there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about, as, of course, in segment number two, the draft talk today. Segment number three, Brett Favre. Yes, Brett Favre, the story has revived. With Brett Favre joining your purple, it is going to be very interesting indeed to see how this turns out. Um, the likelihood of this thing, well, it's more likely in terms of it's a, it, the ball is in Brett's court right now. Um He's not under contract with the Green Bay Packers or the New York Jets. He is available. The New York Jets granted him his release. He can do whatever he wants at this point in time as long as the other team wants him. And uh, you're going to find out that the Vikings just may very well do want him if he is healthy with the bicep and shoulder issue in his throwing arm. That's kind of a problem, but uh, we'll see how that goes depending on that. All right, well, with no further ado... We're going to take us a quick break, and we will get into the draft talk right after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves Explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on thesportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 30, a reminder for iPod users. This, of course, is the episode where we will discuss the draft and the possibility, the returning possibility of Brett Favre joining the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Do check out Timberwolves Explosion. There will be a major season wrap-up and, of course, talk about the new GM that has not been hired. Well, not GM, the new Vice President of Basketball Operations and possible new coach, that will be joining the Timberwolves at some point in time. We will discuss that, the possibilities, uh, where the Wolves should go. I would like to have Marcus, the forecaster, join me for that show. It will be a biggie, regardless if he joins or not, but uh, I would love it if he did. It would make it funner, or more fun, excuse me, for all of you out there. Excuse my bad grammar. <laughs> it would make it more fun for all of you out there to have two people, I think. And, uh, yeah, that show will be a blast. Do check it out. Those of you out there that care about the National Basketball Association, of course, I'll be keeping up with the NBA playoffs as well. All right, now we got all that taken care of. Well, the NFL draft was very interesting this year, once again. Um, there were a lot of trades, lots of trade downs, and uh, the Patriots must have traded down about ten times. The Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers, excuse me, a little too much basketball on my head here. The Cleveland Browns traded down about four times. It was incredible. (laughs) They amassed lots and lots of draft picks. Um, The first, the top five, well, there's no surprise with the first two picks anyway, Matthew Stafford going to Detroit. They need a new quarterback, but a lot of people argue that they need 
a tackle first and worry about the quarterback the next year because uh, the game is won in the trenches, as a lot of us know that. But, uh, nope, Matthew Stafford is the quarterback of the Detroit Lions, and he is going to be facing a little bit of trouble as <laughs> NFL East to West hosts Dylan Richardson, our guy, the executive producer on the sportsstuff.com. And Jim Towers talked about that, uh, that Matthew Stafford is going to be in for some in for a rude awakening in the NFL when uh, defensive linemen are going to come flying at him because the O-line in Detroit sucks. Well, the St. Louis Rams improved by getting Jason Smith, the tackle, the best tackle in the draft. There were a lot of good ones, by the way. Thankfully, the Vikings got got one in the second round, not the first round. We'll get to that in a sec. But, yeah, St. Louis getting better there. Kansas City pulling off a little surprise, getting Tyson Jackson instead of Aaron Curry. The defensive end, Tyson Jackson, still can end up being a big-time player for the Kansas City Chiefs. But Farzee, not a happy camper that the Chiefs passed on Aaron Curry, who then went to Seattle immediately. I mean, all of us thought he was going to go to the Chiefs. Farzine, not a happy camper. Of course, Farzine, who hosts the Chiefs Zone on the sportsstuff.com and iTunes, always worth a listen. That guy is a star in the making. All right. New York Jets trade up and acquire Mark Sanchez. Quarterback Mark Sanchez, the second quarterback to go, of course, and a lot of people think he has a chance to be pretty good. And, of course, this meant Brett Favre would suddenly be expendable. A lot of us didn't think Brett Favre was going to return to the New York Jets anyway, but now he absolutely is expendable. And uh, quarterbacks, Mark Sanchez is the future, and Brett Favre is the past. And now, well, we'll see what happens with that. The biggest surprise of the draft, of course, Oakland selecting Darius Hayward Bay. I mean, I was shaking my head when I was out there listening to it, cutting the, uh, or not cutting, excuse me, doing a nasty lawn cleanup with sticks everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to that, shaking my head and grinning. What idiots the Oakland Raiders are. They really are. Um, <laughs> Al Davis, I mean, I wish you could fire owners in the NFL, but it'll never happen. And uh, eventually the Oakland Raiders will hopefully have a new owner, as I feel for you out there out in Raider Nation. Darius Hayward Bay, who knows? I mean, some people believe that he is going to be a very good football player. You never know. Uh, the Vikings made a similar move with a seventh overall pick years ago, taking Troy Williamson, who was just pitiful, is uh, barely hanging on with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Vikings, of course, acquired a seventh-round pick for their seventh overall pick in Troy Williamson. So sometimes picking a guy just based on speed is not the right thing to do, especially when 40-year-old Brad Johnson was overthrowing Troy Williamson. 40-year-old Brad Johnson was overthrowing Troy Williamson. I don't. I, I, I guess speed wasn't really a strength either. But I digress. Green Bay Packers. Here's an obviously a major notable, B.J. Raji. That could be a really big-time pick for the Green Bay Packers. Of course, you never know how people are going to turn out. As Glenn Dorsey, all of us thought he was going to be a big-time stud for the Kansas City Chiefs. Not so much. Not yet. And uh, just like Bryant McKinney with the Vikings, was he worthy of a seventh overall pick? Uh, no. I No. I'm sorry, guys. There's a guy who should have gone 22nd, 23rd, 24th in the in the draft, not 7th. Bryant McKinney has definitely underachieved in his career thus far. Michael Crabtree, the second wide receiver taken, despite the fact he was ranked number one with a bullet. 
other than number two guy, Percy Harvin. Mm-hmm. Percy Harvin and Macklin, Jeremy Macklin, very close in that category. But Michael Crabtree going to the San Francisco 49ers in hopes to become the next Jerry Rice. The only problem is Joe Montana is not really there anymore. You're looking at Sean Hill as your starting quarterback in San Francisco. Mm. Yeah, Michael Crabtree is going to be in for a rude awakening with that as well, unfortunately for him. Uh, Larry English was kind of a strange draft pick for the San Diego Chargers. But, uh, hey, he, gets, he could very well work out. We know how Kevin Williams was kind of a strange pick at the time for the Vikings, and he turned out to be much better than the guy we wanted in Terrell Suggs. That was just a fantastic move by the Vikings, which is kind of hard to say as the Vikings have had some struggles in the draft over the years at the top. But uh, I would say Rick Spielman did a very good job, has done a very good job since he's become the Minnesota Vikings boss of football operations. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy with Rick Spielman thus far. All right. One, another notable Josh Freeman, a guy the Viking fans were hoping could be our savior here in Minnesota because of uh, Sage Rosenfels being the great unknown and a, a guy who throws a lot of interceptions, to be honest with you, in uh, very little time. And, of course, Tavares Jackson, who all of us have just gotten sick of over the years. I mean, Tavares Jackson is a, an, an enigma at best at the quarterback position. I don't know what he, I don't know what to think of him. So Josh Freeman, a guy that people were hoping just maybe somehow would accidentally slip to the Vikings and maybe just maybe we'd, we'd uh, pull the trigger on that. Nope, he's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he has a chance to be pretty good. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Josh Freeman, not a Viking. Jeremy Macklin, of course, the other guy the Viking fans and the Vikings themselves could be, could have been targeting at wide receiver. I mean, his numbers in college were absolutely fantastic. And now the Philadelphia Eagles will finally get a legitimate receiver in Jeremy Macklin of Missouri. I mean, his numbers, just phenomenal. 102 catches, 1,260 yards, 13 touchdowns in his sophomore year. Just his sophomore year. Amazing. Uh, 2007. As a freshman, 1,055 yards, 80 catches, 9 touchdowns as a freshman. Now, of course, a red shirt freshman, but, hey, it doesn't matter. This guy has a chance to be really good. Uh, Me and Marcus, the forecaster, were talking about him a little bit. That, Yeah, he wouldn't have been a bad idea either, but he's gone. And that now brings us to the Minnesota Vikings. Well, super quick, Alex Mack was a guy that some people were hinting maybe wouldn't be the worst idea ever, the center who Cleveland ended up with after trading down about 55 times and acquiring extra draft picks. So now Cleveland will have a legitimate center, and good for them. And now the guy we all wanted and kind of quietly expected, Percy Harvin was available, but, of course, there was talk because, whoa, the third best tackle in this draft has slipped all the way down to 22 in Michael Orr which is just, oh, my God, and uh, Paul Charchian of KFAN fame and of Fanball fame and all that good stuff, NFLSafe.com, um, or FantasyFootballSafe.com, excuse me, uh, of Ole Miss, Michael Orr of Ole Miss, absolutely would have been a, a, a good pick, and Paul Charchian was all over it. He's saying the Vikings need to take this guy. I know it's not going to excite the fans or sell tickets, but this guy is a foundation for this team and a team that absolutely needs help at the right tackle position. 
because Ryan Cook is just not a good, a very good foot, is not that good at all, really, to be honest. Uh, I've, you'll hear me say Ryan Cook sucks in one of my old videos from 2007 on YouTube, but, uh, Paladino Live, of course, on YouTube. You can always look that up whenever, but, uh, <laughs> it was up to Michael or Percy Harvin. I, I was kind of like, hmm. At that point, I was kind of 50-50 a little bit. I mean, that wouldn't have been the worst idea to take Michael Orr, if you know, quite honestly. But uh, the Vikings need to get this offense moving forward immediately, and Percy Harvin was the selection. Of course, Brad Childress traveled to Atlanta on Wednesday, and there was, I mean, it, it was so out there. I mean, it was so obvious that he had gone there. I mean, the reports were all over the place, and it was like, okay, yeah, this is, there's, um, they're just, Dotting the I's and crossing the T's, the T's here, making absolutely sure this guy is a legit and not a pothead. Because of course that is why Percy Harvin is available at 22 and not taken by say the 49ers at 10. If Michael Crabtree wasn't there anyway, <laughs> or by the Oakland Raiders or something, who knows? He they might have gone there. But uh, yeah, Percy Harvin was found to be a legitimate guy who wants to compete. And boy, is this guy competitive indeed, per- uh, Percy Harvin is looked at as a pretty much the most competitive guy in this draft. And uh, the Vikings need more and more players like that all the time. I mean, you could never have enough super-duper competitive players who, my God, this guy adds so many intangibles to the Minnesota Vikings, at wide receiver. I, I mean, have you ever seen a guy who can catch the ball and literally just flat-out make people miss one time after another like a running back? And this guy is good at receiver and at running back, as he has played both positions for the University of Florida, which, of course, by the way, is not exactly South Carolina or something like where Troy Williamson came from, which is a team that, you know, nobody's really heard of unless you're a big-time draft guy or something, you know, or a big-time college football fan, which I'm going to be honest, I'm not a big-time college football fan. But Florida Gators, I mean, everybody knows who they are, obviously. They're a they're – a, they're a college powerhouse all the time, and I really like Florida Gators in football and in basketball. And, um, man, this guy is a national champion, and he plays through injuries. And, as I said, he'll catch the ball and make people miss. He's got that explosive speed. And even more importantly than ever, this guy has hands of glue. I mean, this guy is not known with to have problems dropping the football. He hangs onto the ball constantly. And, um, yeah. By the way, that's a problem with that Hayward Bay guy, <laughs> the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, he sounds like Troy Williamson. But, yeah, this is a really exciting pick for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm thrilled about it, and I'm sure many of you out there are as well. I mean, Percy Harvin has a chance to be a star in this league if he can lay off the bong, as, of course, he is already in the NFL substance program. The next infraction will be... A four-game suspension, and after that, well, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. As my friend Keith, who comes into where I work about daily, he says that all the time, that it's going to be interesting. So that's a shout-out to you, Keith, if you might be listening. Um, by the way, that Michael Orr guy, by the way, <laughs> of Ole Miss, slipped to Baltimore immediately number uh, with a 23rd pick. Now, that team is going to have a pretty good offensive line next year with acquiring Matt Burke and Michael Orr. Whew, that is going to be pretty good for the Baltimore Ravens. Watch out for them next year as uh, an improving 
Joe Flacco, and a team that went all the way to the conference finals last year in the AFC, all the way to the conference finals, and was actually in that game until about you know about midway through the fourth quarter, had a legitimate shot of winning it on the road in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Baltimore just might have won the Super Bowl this last year with the rookie quarterback. Crazy. Now they're going to have two really nice pieces to the puzzle on that offensive line. Watch out for the Baltimore Ravens out there. Could be a legitimate favorite, or not favorite, but a legitimate Super Bowl contender if Joe Flacco continues to develop. Uh, Green Bay Packers, by the way, another quick notable, acquiring Clay Matthews, 26th overall pick. Uh, their draft on paper looks really good, really good. Just like last year, um, Brian Brom did not turn out at all. In fact, he wasn't even the third string or second string quarterback last year. So, I mean, on paper it looked phenomenal that they were able to get Brian Brom in the second round. But who knows what's going to happen with these guys? I kind of believe that they'll will work out, but who knows? We'll find out. Now, with a lot of us crying and complaining, you know, some of us anyway, not a lot of us, but some of us crying and complaining that just maybe we should have taken, uh, excuse me, Michael Orr. So we could have an offensive lineman, a right tackle that can really anchor this line for the next 10 to 15 years. Well, fortunately, Phil Lodeholt, a guy that the Vikings apparently had been coveting for quite a while, slipped to the second round for our Vikings. He was the 54th overall pick, number 22 in the second round. 54th overall, Phil Lodeholt, and he is a load, folks. He is a load at six foot eight, three hundred and thirty-seven pounds. He is li- he is literally the same size as Bryant McKinney. Now, of course, size isn't everything. It, you have to have skill as well. And there's talk that uh, he's a lot better protecting the run than the pass, and that's not always a good thing because he's just too slow. He is just too slow in a way. He's a little bit too big at times, but um, that's just the way it goes. That is just the way it goes. Uh, you're not going to get a perfect guy in the second round but definitely has a shot to be a much a major improvement to this offensive line. And quite frankly, I'm pretty excited to have him. As it says, yep, he allows defensive ends to dip under him on the pass rush. So that is the scary part about Phil Oldhold, but that's about it. As long as he can improve a little bit in that area, he's got to be a nice improvement over <laughs> Ryan Cook. I just... Ryan Cook, at best, is is a guy for depth, in my opinion. I don't think he is a starting player on the offensive line. All right. Well, and real quick now, the final notable in this draft is I don't really know much about Jasper Brinkley, who went in the fifth round in a Jamarca Sanford. I know absolutely nothing about a safety who was taken in the seventh round. But um, Jasper Brinkley was, of course, fifth-round linebacker from South Carolina. Sanford from Mississippi, a safety. All right. But um, you never know. Who knows? Those could those guys could work out. You just don't know. Asher Allen, Asher Allen. This guy's gonna be this guy's gonna be a good football player, I think. Uh, Vikings, of course, getting him the twenty second pick in the third round, which of course eighty sixth overall from Georgia. Well, not of course, but you get the idea. Um, some of you probably knew that already. This guy is one heck of a <laughs> one heck of a hitter, boy. This guy will just knock people around, and there are videos of. Asher Allen putting a punishment on her on Percy Harvin more than once as they played each other in Georgia and Florida over their careers. Um, yeah, this guy Asher Allen has a good attitude. Uh, he he was on the Paul Allen show on KFAN 
here locally, AM 1130 KFAN. This guy has a really, really good attitude. He's like, hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm not really afraid of anybody. I'm going to go out there and, and punish people. Um, this guy has a really good attitude. And, boy, when, when, you, when you see his videos, he has a chance to be a really nice player in the NFL. And I, I think he's going to fit in pretty good. I mean, he's got the right... He's got the, I mean, he's, he's got it right mentally, and I, I think he's gonna be a nice fit for this team. Of course, he is a cornerback, and, um, definitely adds depth in that cornerback area. Now, of course, the Vikings did acquire Carl Payma from the Denver Broncos. They did also re-sign Benny Sapp, who competed for the nickelback position last year and lost out to Charles Gordon, number 41 for the Vikings, who is the nickelback at this point in time. But we'll see. Things are going to get very interesting as you now add Asher Allen to the mix. Marcus McCulley could be the odd man out. We're just going to have to see what happens. With that, it's always up to the Vikings how many cornerbacks or defensive backs they want to keep on this roster. Um, there has been no addition, a major uh, safety addition, just, just through the draft here for the Minnesota Vikings, of course, losing Darren Sharper, so that might add a little bit of uh, flexibility in the defensive back position for this team. So we're just going to have to see how things go. The Vikings, of course, did not take Asher Allen in the third round to cut him. So it's going to be very interesting. There's also chalk. He could be a kick returner as well. So, hey, that's a pretty cool pick when you can get, uh, you know, more than one thing out of him. I like that pick a lot, Asher Allen. All right. Well, that is that concludes my draft talk for this point in time as things hopefully will pan out nicely for these picks. Uh, Percy Harvin, of course, <laughs> was going to head to Minneapolis for a minicamp, a rookie minicamp, and had to go to the hospital for dehydration when he was in Atlanta. Never made it here, had to go to the hospital. That's great. So he's just going to have to recover for now, and we'll just see him in minicamps in June, I guess. It's unfortunate we couldn't see him in purple right away. But uh, as now I'm going to segue... <laughs> As we just might be seeing a certain quarterback named Brett Favre wearing purple next year. There's a, there's a legitimate possibility, about a 40% chance Brett Favre will be wearing purple next year. And we're going to be talking about that right after this. Here on the sportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on the sportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman Derek Bugard says you'd better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode... Number 30, a reminder for iPod users, and also would like you to check out Brave the Wild. That is my Minnesota Wild Hockey Podcast. Do check it out. That also has the exact same situation as the Minnesota Timberwolves do. They need a new GM and coach as Doug Risebrow fired. Jacques Lemaire resigned. And, <laughs> of course, it's a season wrap-up, and I will be having a guest. This show, Brave the Wild, should be out tomorrow at some point in the evening, as I will have Neil Nate Dog join me for that one, as there will be a guest for that show as well. And I hope to have Dylan Richardson or somebody on board for Purple Mafia at some point in time. All right, well, let's get into it. 
Brett Favre in Vikings purple, Judd, Judd Zulged and Ship Skuggins, Star Tribune staff writers contributing to this story. A chat with Childress might, de- might determine if X-Packer will play for Vikings, of course, this in the Star Tribune. Uh, this is just amazing. Of course, this story reported late Tuesday afternoon that uh, was crediting a source with direct knowledge of the discussion between the parties that, uh, yeah, there will be a talk between Brad Childress and Brett Favre about possibly playing for the Vikings. That is just crazy. And um, this is going to be really this is going to be really exciting. Is now, of course, Brett Favre, as I mentioned, available, flat out available this time. There is no poison pill, so like there is no deal where the only way the Vikings could get him is if the <laughs> New York Jets were to trade him here. But up oh, the the uh, Packers put a poison pill in their trade, saying that if they traded him, traded Brett Favre to the Vikings, they'd have to give up three first-round picks. Wouldn't that have been crazy? So, yeah, not the case this time. Unfortunately, Brett Favre is a year older and a year more damaged. And, of course, everybody just now all over Yahoo and ESPN pretty much calling him a diva, as you look at that report. <laughs> it's it's interesting. This will be very interesting. Um so now we get to this article real quick. The ESPN report stated that there is a mutual understanding that sometime soon after the meeting, Favre will decide whether to sign with the Vikings and that Childers would expect him to participate fully in the offseason mini camps and training camps. Favre, who will turn 40-40 on October 10th, was never fond of participating in the Packers' offseason camps. The future Hall of Famer did not get traded to the New York Jets in time last year for that to become an issue. Yeah, that figures. Um, that's the unfortunate part. A lot of these older older school guys, they just like to skip out on camps, you know, like Michael Strahan and all of them, you know, because they've been around long enough. You know, I feel the same way about lawn cleanups, man. I've been doing those long enough. This is my 16th season. I wish I could skip out on lawn cleanups and just do... Um, <laughs> and just do the mowing part too, but it's not that simple for me. These guys seem to get away with murder, boy. They already get paid a trillion times more than us, but I guess that's just how it goes. Unfortunately, we're used to it, us fans. We're conditioned to divas in the NFL and in the NBA especially, in every other sport. Uh, NBA is a game I love, but of course it's filled with divas. We all know that. Um Back to the article, one thing working in the Vikings' favor is that Favre is very familiar with the West Coast offensive system the team runs. He directed the same offense for several years in Green Bay. He also was extremely close with former Packers assistant and current Vikings offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel. So, of course, that is a big thing right there, major thing, as he did not have the West Coast offense with the New York Jets last year, and uh, he still played pretty good football for a while, started out the year excellent, and it was kind of a downtrend by about the midseason point. Unfortunately, Favre, who threw 22 touchdown passes last year also, threw 22 interceptions with about 3,700 passing yards. Of course, I'm not reading the article. That is just the stats that I know Brett Favre had last year and that show. Um, Yeah, I mean, the, the interceptions to me are a concern, and of course the injury issue, which as we get back to the article here, had something to do with that. Uh, perhaps, now as I'm back in the article, perhaps the Vikings' biggest concern will be the condition of Brett Favre's injured right biceps tendon, which played a role in his struggles late last season, when the Jets won only one of their final five games. 
ESPN, excuse me, ESPN reported that Favre might believe his arm can heal on its own without surgery and how the injury heals will be a factor in his decision. Of course, that is a major, major thing with this. You don't want to get Brett Favre on the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> if he's going to be a shell of himself. If he's going to, I mean, as they say, his, his velocity on, on, his, on his throws later in the year was not what it used to be. And that, of course, can lead to more and more interceptions because it's like throwing out a duck for someone to catch. You know, that's just the way it is. Um, just a couple mile-per-hour difference is a big difference when you're playing in the, in the NFL as people are, are that good. Cornerbacks like, say, a young Darren Sharber or maybe Asher Allen someday are like that. They're gonna, they're gonna catch up to passes like that if there isn't enough velocity. We saw what happened with Brad Johnson when he had that neck and nerve injury for a while here in Minnesota. That was, that was a bummer. Um, Mike Morris, who is also of KFAN fame and a former Minnesota Vikings long snapper, mentioned that yes, a bicep tendon is something that can heal without injury. So that is encouraging, but the the discouraging part about the whole deal, Brett Favre is almost 40 years old, and when you're almost 40 years old, it's a little harder to heal than when you're 25, 24, 23, or younger. Um, that's also a concern, especially all the mileage on that arm and shoulder. I mean, I, I can't even imagine the mileage on a guy that hasn't missed a game in his career. So, at least at the point when he became a starter. I mean, you can't when you're not going to be able to play in the game, well, yeah, that, you know, when he was a backup with the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, what do you do? But, of course, he was healthy then, too. But this is getting very interesting, folks, very, very interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, to me, there's no reason why the Vikings shouldn't do it other than if he is the biggest cancer in the history of the world, and, and I can't believe he's going to be. Um, he was out of place with the New York Jets. It was a totally different conference, totally different offense, and he didn't really have any association with anybody on that team prior. As I try not to sneeze there, excuse me, <clears throat> I apologize for that. Ugh, my voice is a little cracky now. But, um, yeah, he had no prior association with the New York Jets at all or their offense. And, he, yeah, he was unhappy there because of that. In Minnesota, which is, of course, his opportunity to go against the Green Bay Packers and be on the team he wanted to be on last year anyway. We all know that. We all knew that when he was totally set free that he would at least explore the idea of coming to the Minnesota Vikings an opportunity to play against his now arch-rival Green Bay Packers, <laughs> which is kind of funny. We know what happened with Michael Jordan when he was pretty much forced to retire by the Chicago Bulls too early. He got upset, and, you know, he, 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 he wanted to join the New York Knicks at one point in time. Eventually just gave in and retired, and, of course, came back with the Washington Wizards. And um, because it was his way of saying, I'll retire when I say I retire. I'm not going to retire because the Bulls told me to. So uh, Favre, of course, doing the same thing with the Green Bay Packers, and now would like to try to stick it to him somehow, some way. Um, but, yeah, as I was saying, there's no reason not to do this. Uh, to me, you know what? Tavares Jackson and the development of Tavares Jackson and hampering the development of him. He's going into his fourth year, and I don't care about Tavares Jackson. I, I'm saying it right now here in the air. I do not care about Tavares Jackson. I don't care. You know why? Because this guy, just, just the thought of him starting in a playoff game made me cringe last year. 
I, I had no faith the Minnesota Vikings were going to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles if we played in the Metrodome or in Philadelphia. I had no confidence in the Vikings with Tavares Jackson as the starting quarterback. Now, I'm really sorry that does not I'm really sorry that I'm not being a homer and, and uh, defending Tavares Jackson or thinking the Vikings were going to kick the Eagles' butts. There was no reason for me to believe that, folks. There was no reason at all. Tavares Jackson got his butt kicked by the Atlanta Falcons, who to me were not as good as the Philadelphia Eagles in the Metrodome. Yes. So, <laughs> he got, yeah, I mean, that was a rookie quarterback that came in here, not a, a you know, a war scarred veteran who's been to the Super Bowl and been to multiple conference championship games, including last season, in Donovan McNabb. So, who I like, by the way, unlike some other people out there. But, <laughs> yeah, I like Donovan McNabb a lot, but um, that's a side note. No, I don't care about Tavares Jackson. I have no faith in him. He is a nice spark off the bench if somebody is hurt or maybe having a horrible game. Sure, he's a spark plug off the bench on occasion. Now, I know that sounds like a basketball line, but, <laughs> I mean, that's what he was. He was a spark plug when Gus Verrott was playing horrible and eventually got injured in Detroit. We probably wouldn't have won that game if that didn't happen. But that was, but that lasted about for about two games, folks. He got hot in Arizona because the Arizona Cardinals for, weren't, weren't trying or something. They went in some kind of nosedive temporarily for some mysterious reason, which I'm still to this day not sure what the hell happened to them for about that four-game span there when they had already won the division and just were kind of being lazy. But uh, no, Tavares Jackson, no, I don't care. Sage Rosenfels, well, Sage Rosenfels is used to being a backup. And what's one more year or maybe two more years for Sage Rosenfels? And uh, if Brett Favre stinks or is or is injured or something, Sage Rosenfels, there you go, Sage Rosenfels. He could go out and have his opportunity to prove himself as a starting quarterback. He will have an opportunity to prove it. No guarantee that he will prove it. Just an opportunity, as I mentioned a thousand times there. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I say go for it. There's no reason not to at this point in time. He's not Barry Bonds. He's not going to just kick everybody out of his way and say, uh, the hell with you. I'm Mr. Superstar, even though I'm 40 years old. And, you know, <laughs> but, um, no, he's not Barry Bonds. He's not Mark McGuire, who wasn't as big of a cancer, but still, he, I can't imagine Mark McGuire was really the f nicest teammate either. But, um, no, this guy wants to be here. He didn't even want to be in New York. He does want to be here, and he wants an opportunity. Uh, if he's able to play again, I think he will be very happy to be a member of the Vikings and that this could be a really fun year or two with him as a starting quarterback. And uh, when you got aging guys like Antoine Winfield, Pat Williams, guys like that on your defense, you had Matt Burke, had. Yeah, well, now I can't talk about him anymore. But veterans like that who are still very good, very, very good, especially Antoine Winfield, who is still in his prime, by the way, you got to take advantage of that time, that short window of hope. You still, you mean, obviously you have Jared Allen, who's just getting into his prime. Adrian Peterson, just getting into his prime. Let's take advantage of it and have some fun. And don't forget, you also have Bernard Berrien, who is also getting into his prime, or is in his prime, hopefully. Uh, and you got the young, super-duper athletic, and potential to the roof of that Metrodome, Percy Harvin. This could be a really fun season. If Brett Favre is able to come in here and play some consistent football for the Vikings, this could be a really fun year. And, uh, hey, 
I'm all for it, folks. I am along for the ride. If this Minnesota Vikings team does acquire Brett Favre for a one- or two-year deal, and um, I don't blame a soul who is. I don't really blame somebody who isn't because, yeah, he is older, but at the same time, I'm going to ask you why. Why would you say no, really, in all honesty, other than bitterness? You're just bitter and jaded that he was on the Green Bay Packers for all those years. And to me, that is not enough a reason to say no. That is not enough of a reason to say no when this guy has motivation to kick your former rival's ass. Why not take advantage of it? Let's do it and hope for the best. As you do have a safety net in Sage Rosenfels if something happens. He's not Joe Montana in his prime, but Sage Rosenfels will at least be the guy you were going to have anyway. I mean, he's the guy you were going to have as your quarterback anyway, right? So, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to cry a river for any other Minnesota Viking quarterback if Brett Favre was able to come in here. Let's give it a shot, folks. Let's give it a shot. All right. Well, I hope episode number 30 was worth the wait <laughs> for you out there. To me, I really enjoyed it, as I always do, and um, I'm just happy to finally be back and to have a life again outside of work. And um, not, I mean, this is work as well, but this is this is fun work. This is the kind of work I love, and I hope to be my full-time job someday. But but it isn't yet. Um, Man, is it going to be good when it is, though. <laughs> Notice I said when, not if. But uh, thanks always to all of you out there for listening. This show couldn't be as big as it is without you. And I want to continue to – I want you out there to con- to help this show continue to grow by telling a friend, telling a family member, telling other Viking fans out there about Purple Mafia to download and listen to it on the thesportstuff.com and iTunes. It is, of course, more than worth it. Thanks, all of you out there, again. And thank you again, Executive Producer Dylan Richardson, NFL East to West, folks. Do check that out on the sportsf.com on iTunes. Really cool show. It's just really cool. Awesome. Dylan, great job. And um, we will talk to you out there soon. Take care. 